Um, we had such a, a great time in Kentucky, but I know the Lord just started to even sow seeds into us while we were there and the experiences we were having with the Holy Spirit there. And um, how evident today's message is called from the unseen to the seen. Um, there's so much that the Holy Spirit is revealing right now. And even this morning as uh, Pastor Judy was talking about the bride and, you know, um, how he's excited for the bride to prepare herself. I, I just began to pray about it when she sent it to me this morning because there is a preparation that comes, and the preparation is intimacy. And this morning through the worship, I just felt the Lord just coming in and loving on us as a father does to a child. And I felt it so intense and so deep, this love and this embrace that the Lord wants to share with us right now. I mean, the, the prophetic, the revelation, all of that is good. But nothing compares to the intimacy you can have with the Holy Spirit and the Father. There's just nothing. It's like when he comes in and gives you an embrace or you feel the touch of your father and you feel him loving on you, it just breaks everything on you. You want to talk about breakthrough, that is a breakthrough. It's when his hands wrap around you and you can feel the touch of your father, and it's like everything just breaks off of you. I, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I would be having a hard time, and I would go home to see my mom and my dad, and they just did everything, like, so awesome to bring the breakthrough to me at that moment. Like, you could feel the love when you walked in the door, and it was like a safe place for me growing up. I knew that if I was making bad choices or if I was in a bad place, I knew that I, if I went home, I'd be all right because my mom and my dad would just pour their love on me. And it's the same way with the Father. When you run back home to be with the Lord and with the Father, he comes in in such a way over you that you can feel his love and embrace, and it brings such a breakthrough to you. And I believe that's what he's doing today, even with everything they were seeing um, one thing she also saw was mints being scattered everywhere and bringing refreshing. And I don't ever want to miss a step of what the Lord is saying because every bit and every part of it is so important right now. Um, but I, I'm just excited. You know, it's such a beautiful thing to watch when someone has never seen anything in the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden, their eyes become open to begin to see so much. Like, I love that part of, like, even sowing that into people is when they've never seen or experienced anything. And all of a sudden, they're seeing things, they're experiencing things. And it's so beautiful to watch them bloom, to watch them grow. Um, and the Lord always want, wanted us to see. I think that that's, that's a hard thing for people to take in sometimes with how you were brought up and how you were shown things. Um, a lot of the religious mindset doesn't really teach a lot on that. They teach you the word, but, you know, to read the word and to see the word are two different things. 
Because when you experience and you see the word in action, it's totally different than just reading another book. It becomes alive, and it has life inside of it. Um, because you begin to see things from the Lord's perspective. Because it was written through the Holy Spirit. And so when they were writing the scriptures, it was, it was with life from the Holy Spirit. And they were writing down what the Holy Spirit was telling them to write down and what God was telling them to write down, which made it alive. So um, Proverbs thirty seventeen, the eye is a window to the soul. You know, what we look at, what we see through our eyes is very important right now. If, 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 you're, if you're feeding your eyes a lot of trash, a lot of junk right now, um, it's going to affect you. It really is. And I'm not saying that in a religious mindset or setting. I'm saying your eyes, there has to be more of Jesus, more of the Lord, that your eyes is captivating more than the things of the world. It means even watching the news. People, I've, I've, I've talked to people, and all they do is watch the news all day, all night, and guess what? Fear sits upon them because that's what they're seeing in their eyes. And it feeds, the, it begins to feed parts of your soul that you didn't even realize are being affected by it. And some people just think, oh, I'm just watching TV. It's not a big deal. But it really is. It affects you. Um, you can look into somebody's eyes and see inside their soul. You can see if there's sadness, if there's joy. Um, you, you can start to see things about a person by looking in their eyes. And, you know, it's, you know I worked in, in the psych for many, many years, which I don't know how many of you know that. But we would know where the kids were at by the way that they looked on their face and their eyes. We could tell if they were going to have a good day or a bad day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, and I believe that that's just the Lord um, trying to bring to them of an importance how important it is to see this season. In Matthew 6, through 23, it says, the eye is a lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? So we have to begin to shift and adjust some things that we're feeding ourselves with on a daily basis. And, you know, people think of it sometimes, well, you know, sin, sin, and sin, and sin. It's not just sin. It's, it's, it's other things like watching the news and doing all these other things that God is trying to uh, pull you away from for this intimacy he wants with you. I believe in this very hour is uh, God is allowing us to see so much of strategy to get the plans of heaven, of our destiny and our purpose for our cities and for our nations. Um, we all, we've always talked about the winds of change in here. Um, and how they blow in at times and unravel things to us. We were recently uh, given this drawing when we went to Kentucky. And, um, and the winds of change, it was so crazy. The winds of change followed us when we went there. And the winds were blowing so heavy there. Kentucky doesn't get winds like that. Ohio gets winds like that. So when they were encountering those winds, they were like, you brought the winds with you. 
<laughs> we're like, yes, we know, and it's freezing cold out here. I'm so sorry. They were experiencing 70-degree weather, and here comes Ohio, and now it's dropping to like 30s and 40s, and those winds blew in. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that should tell you a lot about where we are in the spirit, even for our state here, that we do carry these winds, and they're powerful. Um, and so they gave us this beautiful picture. I meant to bring it today, and I forgot it. I ran out so fast. But it was of uh, a big, of the Lord's face coming out of, like, of the cocoon. And, 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 and how the cocoon was unraveling. And then it had these butterflies flying of how beautiful somebody becomes when the Lord begins to unravel pieces of who you are, of your purpose and your destiny. Because the winds of change are what are, are, are what are used to unravel the things God has spoken on your life. And it's really a very powerful thing. And so um, transition will take you to a place of transformation. And some of you have been in transition, but then you stop at transition because you grow weary and tired. And that you don't allow the transformation to fully to take place. But this time, it's, it's time for the transformation to come. It's, it's the transformation of your mind. It's the transformation of, of who you're called to be in, he, in him. Um, every time that there was a whirlwind in scripture, it brought big changes. It was unveiling of something powerful God was revealing to his children. Those winds did not come in without change. There was some kind of change that happened. And I believe there's some things, specific things God is trying to change upon us. That's why the winds come. He's trying to change things on us. But it's like they were saying earlier, don't let pride stop you from change. I was a person that hated change. I, went, I lived in the same house all my life. I went to the same schools all my life. I was not accustomed to change. I promise you. And when change happened, I threw a fit like a child and refused it. And I kicked and I screamed. And I said, I don't want to do it, God. And he's like, yes, you will. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we become the spoiled, the spoiled children all of a sudden, not wanting to do what he's asked, to do, asked us to do. But then when we say no and we don't do it, then, we're, then it takes us back to, well, you keep asking me for this. But then when it comes down to it, you don't want the change. And I think the change is real important this season for a lot of us. Transformation is trying to fall on us. And we have to listen to the Holy Spirit to begin to transform and change even things inside ourselves, you know. And um, uh, in Acts 2, 1 through 4, about the mighty rushing wind. And we're going to start in verse 2. The coming of the Holy Spirit, when the day of the Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and hit filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance. The wind came in, and then the change came upon them. 
the wind came in and then the Holy Spirit fell on them that gave them this fire in their tongues. See, the winds bring change and they bring fire. 2 Kings 2, 2 through 14, um, Elijah begins to be taken up in the whirlwind. And I want to read on this right now. Elijah is taken to heaven, okay? And Elijah was this mighty prophet in those days. And when the Lord was about to take Elijah, we're going to start in verse 2. It's 2-2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah were traveling to Gilgal, Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elijah, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah replied, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, yes, I know it, but... But keep it quiet. <laughs> Elijah said to him, uh, uh, Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho and the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? And he answered, yes, I know it. But be quiet about it. Elijah said to him, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. I love to be around prophetic people, right? All these prophetic, you know he's going to leave you. <laughs> Verse 7, 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood opposite of them at a distance. And the two of them stood by the river, stood by the Jordan, and Elijah took his mantle, rolled it out, and struck the waters, and they were divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Many people, they don't understand this part. They, they don't really read this part, but it was like the Lord opening up something and crossing them over to something of transition, of, of transformation that was about to take place. Anytime there's a parting, just like when Moses came and the sea was parted, there was a parting of something. It's almost like a portal of heaven begins to open up in the parting of the sea, of the waters. And it's so powerful. Um, I think we could read that real quick and go right over it. But it was, it was a time of change. And it was a time of transition and transformation when this happened. And when they had crossed over, Elijah said, we're in verse 9, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, you have asked for a difficult thing. However, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be so, so for you. But if not, it will not be so. You know, even in that part, Elijah knew he wasn't the giver of the double. It was God. So he had to come to realize uh, if you're there, if God chooses to give you the double, then so be it. But he couldn't even make that decision. 
<clears throat> Behold, and then it says, it says, it shall be so for you, but if not, it, if it shall not be so. We're going to go to verse 11. As they continued along and talked, be, this is one of the suddenlies. They're just talking. They're walking and they're talking together. Elijah and Elisha. And a chariot, behold, a chariot of fire with horses of fire appeared suddenly and separated the two of them. And Elijah went to the heavens into heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he no longer saw Elijah. See, this is the, the, what transformation does. It, it came in and it split them apart. And here comes this portal that comes from heaven with the chariots of fire and begins to, t to, to take Elijah into the heavens. Then it says he took, then he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into pieces in grief. He picked up the mantle of Elijah and fell and that fell off of him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he too had struck the waters, it div they divided this way and that and Elijah crossed over. I believe that was evidence of him having that that he received as an inheritance of what Elijah walked in because he immediately stepped right into it. There was no delay. There was no wait. There was all, you have to get on your face for 30-something days before this falls on you. It happened immediately. And as soon as that happened, something happened with Elijah that he understood that there was power of God on him at that moment, that he had so much faith inside of him to begin to come and throw it on the waters to bring it to divide again so he could cross over. I thought that was so powerful because a lot of the times the delay is us. It's not God. The delay is our mindset. It's in our mind, the delay. It's not God holding anything back from you. It's not God bringing delay to your life. It's us in our mindset and understanding of what God is giving us in a season. And then there was, uh, it was like that inheritance immediately came to him. Me and Apostle Pete were talking about this, and we're like, it's like the impartation comes. You know how many of you have gotten prayer for impartation, right? And you just stand there, and you take it so lightly. Like, oh, yeah, so-and-so prayed an impartation of this, an impartation of that. And we don't understand the fullness of it until it's manifested. And then when it's manifested, then you understood what that impartation even meant to you in your life. Because then you understand the power that was released from one person's life to the other and how faithful God is in that. There was things that, that, um, that some of the generals had prayed over my life. And because I wasn't mature enough and I didn't understand it during that moment, I took it lightly. I was like, I'm just going to stand here and have you pray for me and then move on with my life. But 
just here recently, I'm starting to see glimpses and pieces of those moments. And the Lord was like, do you remember when you went here and they gave you this? And do you remember when you went there and you were given this? And I'm like, yes, Lord. And he's like, I have to bring to remembrance that all the things where you've gone to receive something from somebody or of the Lord from somewhere, God is releasing it right now. He's, he's having you become mature in transition. Transition helps you to mature, mature in your spirit so that way transformation can come and you can be completely changed. Why? To look more like the Lord. That when the, when the, when the, when the, t- the touch comes and, he, and you can feel the power of the Lord in your life, you're going to have humility to walk in that power. You're going to have humility not to become prideful that you're the most awesome person or you're the most this and that. You know, I don't care how much revelation or the deep thing God reveals to me. I just want to be with him. I just want to feel his embrace like I did this morning because there's nothing more special, um, even a prophetic word. There's nothing more special than to feel the embrace of your father. And that to me is more important than any kind of revelation or anything you can receive from the spirit of God. That's what keeps you grounded when the Lord comes and manifests upon your life. And 2 Kings 6, 8 through 23, here comes Elisha, right? He receives this mantle. He immediately functions out of the power of the mantle, right? But then it comes another time where Elisha begins to understand it differently. We're going to read um, chapter 6, verse 8 through 23. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place for the uh, Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king, so he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram began very, began, became very upset over this, and he, came, he called his officers together and demanded, which of you is a traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord, the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in privacy in your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothis. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God came up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. This is the servant. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, and oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, 
he saw the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aram army advanced towards him, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. <laughs> Follow me and I'll take you for the, to the man you're looking for. <laughs> and he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered into Samaria, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. <laughs> when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill him? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill, do we kill prisoners of war, give them food and drink, and send them home again to their master? So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. And I just want to stop right there because he was given the mantle of Elijah in such a way. It was such an inheritance of the double-double that he was able to speak blindness and seeing. Blindness to the enemy, seeing to the people of his, even his servant. And I'm going to tell you right now, this whole story right here about the servant, God wants us all to see. He doesn't want just some of us to see. He wants all of us to see in the spirit of what he has for us. And I believe in this moment, he is like in our face right now saying, you have to understand whether you have a title, whether you're a leader, whether you're not a leader, I want you to see the veil was torn when he died on the cross and he resurrected. That veil has to be removed from your eyes so you can begin to see the things he has for you. If I cover up your eyes for just a moment, you'll probably tra trample and fall on something. Because you can't see, you don't know what's around you. It's the same way with the things of the Lord. If your eyes are not open to see the strategy and the plans of the enemy before he even comes, like Elisha saw, Elisha was ahead of it. He knew when the enemy was coming. He knew what to do when the enemy came. This is strategy. This is what was imparted to him from Elijah to Elijah is that it came with strategy and it came with great plans, not just for him on a personal level, but for a whole nation because they were both called to be prophets of the nations. And right now, God is releasing so much for us to see of encounters. The angels they were singing about were supposed to co-labor with the angelic, that when the angelic comes, that you hear the message that they're carrying to bring breakthrough to somebody else. We were in Kentucky this past weekend, and I felt a hand just put their, its pressure on my hip. And I was trying to sleep and rest. I wasn't praying or anything. But the Lord is making it very evident now of the manifestation of the heavens. And I felt the angel's hand just come and press on my hip. And I thought it was my husband because we were at our hotel room. And I turned around and nobody was there. Yeah. 
And then I just heard a whisper from the angel. And so his angels are coming and they're whispering things that are very strategic in this hour that it's important that your eyes and your ears are open to take it all in of what he has. And the suddenlies are here now. They're here now. Let me tell you why. The whole reason I wanted to talk about coming from the unseen to the seen is because I guess about a couple of weeks ago, I was up here and worship, and I was just worshiping the Lord, telling him how much I loved him. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I felt this wind come in that felt like it was going to knock me off my feet. And all of a sudden, after the wind came in, I began to see the chariots come in, and it was so loud. All the sounds in the room, I could no longer hear anymore. All I could hear was the sound and the pounding of the hooves of the horses running in this place. And I, re I remember I had my eyes closed, and, I, and it went so fast with the carriages and the fire that came. Let me tell you how powerful this is. They relate the chariots' fire as the same as that fire that was on the Ark of the Covenant. It's the presence of the Lord that is coming to manifest itself in this place. And it's powerful. And I don't want to come up here and say it like it's not a big deal. It's a very big deal. If the presence of God, okay, so imagine the, the Ark of the Covenant, okay, for just a moment. And how people would die when they would go in there to see this thing, okay? If you weren't right, you would just die. Because it was powerful. We sing about the Holy of Holies. But we don't understand the, the depth of the holy of holies, okay? When the presence comes in like that, it is like the burning bush of Moses. It's like everything has to stop in response to that sound. Everything has to stop in response to the encounter. Everything has to stop. Time literally stops at that moment. And nothing else is evident in that moment. When that thing came in, it came in so fast, I thought it was going to fall on my face. Because it came in and it went, shoo, like so fast and just ran right past me so fast. I had to take a moment with the Lord and I just began to weep and to cry. And I tell you this because, because somebody prayed for me years ago. I had just come to the Lord and they said that she would see the chariots of fire one day. Years ago, years ago. It was like an Elijah and Elisha moment that I had the other day. And it, it took, it, it was a long time ago that I received this word. And I never thought anything of it. I didn't understand it, to be honest with you, until I had the encounter the other day. And then the Lord reminded me, remember back in so-and-so year when you got this word? Well, now it's here, and it's happening now. And I believe the Lord right now is unveiling and unfolding words that you've gotten in the past that you have not seen happen. They're going to happen. And maybe you've put them, you know, my Apostle Pete always says, I put it in my back pocket. I put the word in my back pocket and didn't think anything of it. That was one of the words I got, and I put it in my back pocket because I didn't understand it. But it was about the presence of God manifesting itself in this place and us 
valuing the presence of God and not just acting like, oh, we get to come in here like nothing. No, when you come in this place, the presence in this place is so valuable. And there's so much wrapped in this presence that the angelic are responding to the presence God is pouring out in this place. Has nothing to do with any of us. It's the hand of God coming in and allowing this presence to take place for such a time as this. That it is now that that it brings change, that it brings transformation, not only for here for the hub, but for the city and for the state and then for the nation. What he reveals to us right now is important. If you're seeing things and experiencing things, they're important. They're so important. You don't even know. Like, there's no money you can put on it. That's how valuable it is. And I, I don't want to continue that the Lord revealed things in his Holy Spirit, and we don't take heed to them. Because it's important that we listen it's important that we write down what he's showing us. He said about the bride, prepare the, I love it when the bride prepares herself for me. And then she saw this royal purple satin coming. The royal purple satin comes because the king is here to dress you. He's here to dress us. Even when you feel unworthy, you feel like shameful, you feel like you don't deserve it. Guess what? You get dressed just like any of us do. All of us get dressed in the royal clothes and the slave clothes have to disappear. And you're like, well, I, well, no, I know I'm a child of God. I sing about it all the time. No, I don't think you do because if you did know that you were a child of God, then you wouldn't live the way that you live anymore. And you wouldn't settle for the junk and the trash anymore. You would sit at the table and feast with the Father and eat the very best fruit and eat the very best meat you can think of and eat all of his goodness at the table sitting with him. But things will come up in your mind. It's the mind that separates you from the more God has for you. It's the old mindset that God is stripping away right now with the old things that you've learned. And he's saying, let me give you a transition so it can perform a transformation. And you won't have to have that same mindset anymore at all. Let me take it all away from you. It's like getting a piece of paper and starting it off with a clean sheet of paper. That's what the Lord's doing right now. He's like, everything you learned, everything you know, um, I'm just going to come give you a clean sheet of paper. And I'm going to reteach you some things through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you a different side of my word that you've never seen before. And then I'm going to come into my presence and I'm going to give you understanding through the presence of the Lord of how amazing it is, everything I have for you. God, I just thank you right now, Lord. Let's just stand this morning. We just thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the mighty rushing winds. The winds of change that you allow to come in this place, Lord. God, we don't take it lightly, Lord. 
Because we know you're the one who orchestrates these winds, Lord. We cannot make it manifest on its own, Lord. We cannot create the winds to flow, God. But God, there is a word over Ohio, God, that the fire would come, God. And there would, be, there would be streams of fire in all these different places, God, of Ohio, God. And the only thing that spreads fire is the wind, God. That when the wind comes, it would begin to spread the fire throughout our towns, throughout our cities, throughout our state, God. That this all-consuming fire, God, all-consuming fire, God, would encounter those that need that fire this morning, God. Even us, God, that we would begin to feel that fire fall upon us right now, and the winds would come. The winds would come, God, that your chariots of fire, God, that you've allowed Elijah and Elisha to walk in, God, and see, God, that type of presence, God, that type of, of mantle, God, that you allowed to, them to experience, God, that you would begin to allow us, God, to just begin to have the breakthrough as your bride this morning, God, that we would be refreshed with this fire, <laughs> We would be refreshed with these winds of change, God. And God, help us, God, not to stop the winds of change, God. But help us to flow with the winds that are blowing in this hour, God. Help us to, to, to take heed to the winds as they blow in this place, God. Which way does your wind blow, God, is what we say this morning, God. Because that's exactly where we want to go, God. We want to go where your winds take us, God. To whatever magnitude you want us to see. To whatever magnitude you want us to move in, God. We just receive it and embrace it this morning, God. That you would come in and you would begin to shift and move things in our life, God. Even those things, God, that we feel we need in our lives, God. That you would show us something different in this hour, God. There's things that we have to let go of this season, God. I remember my, the apostle Pete, he shared this word one day and he said, there's those that are holding on to the sides of the chairs and God's trying to move you and God's trying to change things upon you and you won't let go and you just keep holding on a grip and holding on to things. And I believe some of you have, have hold on to the sides of the chair long enough. You're like, I'm not going to move God. I'm just going to sit here and, and, and I just want to, I want to keep this thing, Lord. I don't want to let it go, God. And the Lord's like, let it go. Let those things go so you can be free again. So you can be free in your mind and free in your soul, free in your spirit again this season. See, the Lord wants to give you freedom this morning. And he's like, come on, let me let, get in the presence, get in the presence. Get in the presence. Get filled with my fire. Let the breakthrough come in. Let the winds of change come and blow on your face again. There's doors that God's opened for some of you, and you've shut the door. And God's like... Don't shut the door in what I've opened. 
You yourself shut the door. I never shut it. I don't know who that's for this morning, but I'm telling you right now, whatever door you shut, ask the Lord to allow it to open again. It may be about encounter. It may be about experiencing more of him. And you've shut it down in your mind and said, no, that's too scary for me, God. I don't, I don't know about all that. And God's like, no, trust me. Have faith that I am with you. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. I just feel his presence right now. Just let him come in and touch you right now in his presence. It's so sweet. He is in the silence. When we have learned to be quiet, he is there with us in the silence. And he's speaking to us spirit to spirit. There's things he's going to tell some of you this morning, spirit to spirit. Thank you for the change, God. Thank you for the change, Lord. He's pouring out the oil to loosen some areas in your life. To make things easy for you that have been hard. I just saw this blanket come in the room right now. And he's just covering us right now. He's like, I'm covering you. You're going to be okay. It's just like this blanket of his presence has come in here this morning. And he's like, I'm going to cover you. You're going to be protected. And nothing can harm you or hurt you anymore. Some of you are going to begin to feel like this tingling on your bodies right now. Some of you are going to feel it on your fingertips. And the Lord's just letting you feel his presence. Some of you never have felt the presence of God, and he's saying, I'm going to let you 
feel my presence on your fingertips. It's like a tingling sensation. <laughs> He's going to fill your hands this morning with whatever it is you need this morning. He's going to fill them. Just put your hands like we did earlier in front of you. God, I pray right now that you fill these hands, God. Overflow these hands, God. Overfill these hands, Lord. Overfill them, God. Some of you may even feel water flowing through your fingertips and your hands this morning. It's the rivers flowing through your hands this morning. Because the waters and the rivers bring refreshing. Some of you is telling you get your hands and dip them in the water. <laughs> and it's like an act of faith. <laughs> Will you do what I tell you to do, even when you look silly? <laughs> If I tell you to jump completely in, will you come with me? Will you jump all the way in and let me submerge you to the depths of my waters this morning? You know, some of you, <laughs> look, if that's you, just come up here. Let the Lord submerge you in the rivers this morning. Look, we're not going to make you. You got to come up because you want it. You got to come up because you want the deeper things of God and you want more of him. And he's like, don't be afraid and don't let fear. You know, when the servant was there, he was in fear of what was happening at that moment. He had so much fear before Elijah had said that you would see. And he was fighting fear at that moment. And, and, and here comes Elisha with heaven's perspective, and said, Lord, let him see. So God is removing fear right now. And he's like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of things you don't understand. <laughs> he's giving breakthrough in that this morning. It's like you've been trying to bang your head and wrap your mind around understanding things. And the Lord's like, you got to get in the water and you got to let me push you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Where you get to a place where you're just like in surrenderance to his Holy Spirit. And you're like, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say, God. I'll, I'm at your beckoning call, Holy Spirit. Whatever it is you want from me, God, I give it all to you, Lord. There's nothing left of me to give anymore, God. All there is is you, God. That's where he wants some of you to be this morning. Just come back. Just come up and receive this morning. It's the Lord wanting to touch you. It's, it's him wanting to overflow over your, over your mind. I just saw these waters overflowing people's minds this morning. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you so deep in the spirit that the water's going to overflow your mind. 
He's going to take you out of your thoughts. <laughs> Those thoughts run you rampant. And you've grown weary and tired. And God's like, get in the water. Get in the river. Let the water come and overflow your mind. <laughs> He's given direction and vision this morning. See, what drowns a person is not because they don't know how to swim. When they go into the depths of the water, what, what drowns them is because they become tired and weary and they can't swim anymore. And some of you have grown so tired and weary without vision or direction in your life that he's, 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 saying, he's saying right now, just get out of your mind. <laughs> get out of your mind. Let me give you fresh vision. Let me give you fresh direction of the next step I have for you. So that way you don't have to grow weary and tired. And you just keep swimming, but you're, you're not going anywhere. That's what causes people to drown. He's like, you were never meant to drown. You were meant to have vision to run your race. He's releasing it right now. Shh. Let the wind come and just <laughs> blow over your mind right now. <laughs> oh, it's so good, Lord. It's so good, God. When you get us out of our mind and into your heart, Lord, and we understand how much you love us, Vision is here this morning. Some of you are going to walk out of here so overfilled with vision. It's going to put fire on your feet where you can't even be still anymore because you just want that vision to come to pass. Write the vision <laughs> until it comes to pass. There's just such an uncapping this morning. There's just such an uncapping this morning. I just begin to see these springs spring up in this river. And when the springs spring up out of the river, there's just an uncapping that's going on. And he's just uncapping some things in the Holy Spirit right now. We thank you, Lord, for the uncapping of things, God. Even in the land, God, even in the region, God, the uncapping, Lord, is here, Lord. You're uncapping those, those springs, those wells, God. <laughs> you know, usually the Lord, when he's springing up something of the wells, it's springing up in the well inside of us first. <laughs> Oh, there's a well inside of you, and it's springing up and springing forth right now. And you're not going to be able to even stop it. <laughs> it's going to be so overwhelming for you. 